Thank you, Mindya. Soothing to the soul. Rainy season, Raga. Rainy season, Raga. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> May it be so. So, welcome back, everybody. How are you all doing? I should have had you count your number of judgments at lunch. <laughs> it's always an interesting exercise. Too many to count. Too many to count. <laughs> so let's just sit for a moment. It's just sense into where we are, the full morning of talking about the critic and some, hopefully some intermission from that at lunch, or not as the case may be. So just coming home to yourself, to your body, sitting here. To your breath. Present to the simple physical experience of sitting, breathing, hearing. And noticing your thoughts, noticing any judgment thoughts that arise, self-critical, judging of others. Noticing if you can feel into any way that you might be sitting with a critical attitude versus an attitude that's more open or accepting or welcoming. So noticing if you're sitting with looking through the lens of simple awareness or looking through the lens a critical lens, a harsh lens, a rejecting lens. So ideally imbuing, flavoring your attention, your mindfulness with kindness, with warmth, with allowing, with welcoming.
sitting and aware of sitting, breathing, aware of breathing, hearing, aware of hearing. When the attention wanders, be aware of wandering, thinking. Thinking of your practice as one of beginning again and again. This moment, this sound, this breath, this body ache, a sensation. If a judgmental thought arises, make a simple note of judging, judging, and let it go. Come back to the physical experience of sitting and breathing. And notice as you're sitting, as well as being aware of your breath and your body, thoughts and judgments, noticing if there's any layers, any other levels of the judging mind that you can notice, energetic, physical, emotional, if there's any residue of uh, judgmental thoughts, attitudes, self-criticism, Any heaviness or collapse or fogginess.
Notice the tone. Notice when you've catch yourself drifting from the present. Notice the tone in which you bring yourself back. Notice the tone in which you recognize that you've been thinking or wondering or spaced out. Is the tone one of judgment? Is there a sense of yanking yourself back to the present? Or just simply recognizing, oh, thinking happens. Begin again, no big deal. Thinking is like this, wandering mind is like this. So a story for you about patience. One of the things we need in our practice, one of the things that a critic is not so uh, comfortable with is um, not so patient, right? It expects us to, you know, master things now, right? Come to meditation class, how come you haven't, you know, nailed it already? You know, it's 20 after 2, come on, you haven't fixed this problem already. So there's a man in a grocery store and he notices this woman uh, with her child in a little shopping cart. And, you know, the usual difficult scenario of a child in the supermarket wanting stuff that uh, parents not so happy to give them. So, um, and uh, the man's noticing how patiently this... this uh, Mom is dealing with her child's tantrums, and um, as they pass the cookie section, the little girl asks for cookies, and when told she wasn't going to have any cookies, has a little uh, whine and uh, fuss, and the mother says, Now, Monica, we just have half the aisles left to go through. Don't be upset, it won't be long. Soon they come to the candy aisle, and the little girl begins to shout out for candy, and of course told when she wasn't going to have any candy, has a tantrum. And the mother says, there, there, Monica, don't cry, only two more hours to go, then we'll be checking out. When they get to the checkout stand, of course, the little girl immediately began to clamor for gum. And when told there's none, no gum purchase, bursts into terrible hysteria. Upon discovering that sad fact, her mother patiently says, Monica, we'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes, and then you can go home and have a nice nap. The man follows her out into the parking lot and stops to compliment the woman with, for her patience. He said, I couldn't help noticing how patient you were with little Monica, he began. Whereupon the mother says quizzically, what do you mean? My little girl's name is Tammy. I'm Monica. <laughs> so, particularly for the parents in the room. Impossible task of parenting. What would it be like to be that patient with, there, there, Monica, 
<laughs> we need two more aisles to go, and then we'll be checking out. <laughs> so, a counterpoint for how we might do that with our little judgmental mind. So this afternoon, I wanted to do talk more about how to be more actively engaged, how to work with the critic more actively. Um, we talked some this morning about the domain of the critic and origins and how it manifests, but which is all well and good, but we need to learn how to find effective ways to recognize and deal with it so it doesn't impact us. And so I'm going to suggest some strategies, some tools, some practices, and then we're going to practice, putting them into practice, which is really uh, a fun little exploration. So our usual strategies against the critic are not so helpful. And... um, what they do uh, in the language I'll be using is that we, what we do is we engage the judge, which means we, we give it the time of day, we interact with it, and by giving it the time of day, we've already given it authority, we've already given it voice, we've already given it some power. And so one of the first things we do somewhat habitually is we try to rationalize, right? Because, the, because the, the, the judgments are an attack on our worth and our value, we try to rationalize by, by arguing with this, these voices, um, by trying to, def- you know, trying to say what a good person we are and how, yes, I forgot to you know, send that card to my mother on her birthday, but you know, I did send her a present and da, da, da. And so we get into this rationalizing argument um, as we might do with a friend, um, which we don't usually win. Because the reason we don't win is because we've already given authority to the judge. Right? And the, because the judge is so relentless and so um, emphatic, we end up losing, we end up collapsing in some way. So the strategies I'm going to talk about are ways that, that stop the critic from landing and landing in a way that causes a, a collapse or shame or deflation. This is from Dustin Hoffman, who says, a good review from the critic is just another stay of execution. <laughs> right? Which means when we engage with the critic, right, we might, we rationalize, no, 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 I, 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 I know I messed up then, but you know, look at all the ways I did good, and I, I did clean my car last week, and then, you know. Right? You can see you've lost the battle. You're going to lose the battle at some point. Right, because it's just a question of time before that execution comes. So to notice how you do that, to notice how you rationalize yourself, notice how you engage with the judge, you get into debate. Um, sometimes we try and attack the judge in a way that's again we're giving it authority, and my main premise is to find a way to not be interested in what the judge has to say, to not give it the authority in the first place. Most often what we do is we believe the judgment and we collapse. We feel deficient, we feel unworthy, we feel wrong, we feel bad. Uh, Sometimes we judge ourselves for judging. 
you know, I should be a better meditator, I shouldn't be judging myself all the time, and I can't believe I'm judging myself for judging, but I'm, you know, it, just go, it just goes on, right? Mm. It's endless. So, back to the point I made this morning, to the, the first step with mindfulness is to recognize. You recognize with clarity, with awareness, when a thought is a thought and when a thought is a judgment. When, when a thought is a discernment, an evaluation, and when a thought is a judgment that's attacking ours or someone else's worth or value. And you want to um, bring into relief each time you, you notice a judgment. Right? So you want to you isolate and identify the judgments and the frequency of them. You want to be clear when you're just humdrum, meandering thinking, and when you're actually uh, attacking yourself. Right? So you want to be, you want to isolate and be clear when the judgments are happening, right? which are usually more frequent than we give credit for. You want to notice how much you believe the judge when a judgment thought arises, or how much you're allied with it, how much you take its side, So one of the things that mindfulness does, what awareness does, when we recognize something, it creates a space, it creates, creates a quality of being slightly disengaged. When we're not conscious, when we're not mindful of something, we're in it. Right? When we're not conscious that we're angry, we're just angry. There's, there's, there's not a lot of space between us and the reactivity. When we're mindful that we're angry, there's a lot more room to navigate with the anger. Same with the judge. When we're not mindful that we're judging, it's just a stream of consciousness. It's just what we think is normal. So we have to first tease out, oh, that's a judgment. Oh, yeah, and I just did it here, and that person walked in, I just gave the same judgment to them. So naming, labeling is a really useful way to strengthen that recognition function and strengthen that sense of creating space or a gap between yourself, as it were, and the judging thought. Right? So just just making note of judging, judging. Oh, judging that I'm judging, I'm judging. Right? And you might say that note a lot in the day. Oh, there's no judgment, there's no judgment. You might try counting your judgments in a day. I used to do that on retreat when, I, when one of my teachers gave me that practice, just to see how many hundreds and hundreds of judgments there were, and then we probably catch one in ten. And even then, it, you can, you know, 123, 246, you know, it's, at some point it gets ridiculous. It's just like enough already with the judgments. Like. So writing them down is helpful, just as we did today. Did you find that helpful, writing them down? Yeah. To get it out of this kind of murky, soupy fog into, oh, let's see. And sometimes there's actually not that many. You know, it's just the same old stuff. It's actually, you know, sometimes it's like, whoa, it's a lot. You know? But it's good to know what's in there. Good to get it out. Good to run it by a friend or a therapist or whoever you work with, you trust to talk about your inner process. Is this true? Is this really true that I'm, you know, a loser? You know, that I'm a you know, hopeless case? That I'm, you know, whatever your story is? that I'm not capable of being loved, as someone said. Or 
And usually, you know, people around us will see us more objectively than we do. And they'll say, that's not true. There might be shades of truth in there about something. You know, you might self-sabotage yourself in certain ways. So to get objective feedback from yourself or others can be helpful. The replacing practice we, we did earlier with metta. So you replace the negative statement, the negative diatribe, the cyclical thinking with something positive. You could also use a neutralizing statement like the sky is blue, grass is green, the sun is round, you're a piece of shit, (laughs) sky is blue, you're just pathetic, you can't even remember what you're supposed to be talking about, trees are green, Sky is blue, right? You're just neutralizing that's the voice, just like the meta does. It's a kind of a neutralizing. Oh, it's just a bunch of words. It's just a bunch of words that we have selectively chosen to give a lot of weight and authority to. So useful to understand the history. Whose voice is it? Just someone said, oh, mom. Maybe it's dad. Maybe it's granddad, maybe it's the Pope, maybe it's a school teacher, maybe it's who knows where you internalize those voices from, usually from family of origin, but sometimes culture, sometimes religion, sometimes who knows where they come from, they just, they're in there. They're in the zeitgeist. Um, Sometimes uh, we internalized what we internalized the the critical structure in the family. So we may not have been overtly judged that we can remember, but everybody in the family was very self-critical and self-judgmental. Right? So as children were sponges, right? so we internalize the judgmental habits. So if our parents were very self-judging, self-deprecating, you know, we pick that up on some level. We pick that up, that's okay, that's a norm. That's how one talks to oneself. Sometimes we can pick up, just like in that story about um, D.S. Bennett, we can pick up uh, the thread of the critic from very painful, traumatic incidents or things that were said to us. Some, some of us have memories of things that were said that were like, you know, how could someone ever love you? It took a 50 years to work through that. Right? Some of us, we have clear memories of when that sort of judging constellation took root. So the more clear we can be about that, the more it helps understand that process. Another useful orientation is um, any kind of heartfulness. But the more compassion we can feel and uh, summon for ourselves, for the pain of it, the more that we can experience the painfulness of being talked to, talking to ourselves like that. Again, we're, we're shifting allegiance from the critic, from the voice to the one who is receiving the voice, right? Which is painful. Again, the the clearer we are with recognizing the critic, the clearer we are with recognizing the painfulness of it, the more likely we are to um, 
disengage. And it's not that you haven't noticed this is painful, it's why you're here, right? If, if it was a jolly lot of fun, you wouldn't be here. So it's not like you haven't recognized it's painful, but there's, there's different levels of getting pain, right? We can sort of, we can talk about it, yeah, it really sucks, I hate it, it's annoying, it's always on my case. But that's different than actually feeling how painful it is. Right? They're two different levels of understanding. And so the more we get, oh yeah, this is really you know, cruel, the more likely, again, we are to create space. Sometimes f- compassion looks fierce. Right? Sometimes we equate the hard qualities, heartfulness with, it, with a little weakness, or culturally certainly that's the case. Sometimes fear, sometimes compassion is fierce and it says no, it says stop, it says enough, it says I'm not going to listen to this bullshit anymore. Right? That can be a very compassionate, wise thing to do to oneself, for oneself. You just say no, I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to buy into this anymore. Of course you might forget five minutes later, but that's another <laughs> story, it doesn't matter, it's another, you know, another life. In this moment, like, no. Just like you would if, you know, someone else was on your case in, you know, in any way like your critic is, right? You would say, no, stop. Enough. You know, sometimes it's helpful to ask, what, is there something behind this judgment? Is there something that's fueling it? Is there some something that's trying to be said beneath and beyond the critic. So the strategy that I I talked about before that I think is the most useful is humor. If we can find a way to see the lightness, the humor, the folly of it, right? Just like, you know, the critic that tells you to sleep in and beats you up for sleeping in Right? That there's no win. Um, so when I was on retreat, in a long retreats, and my critic was really strong, I imagined this judge, the English judge, you know, with the big gray wigs, you know, bad meditator, <laughs> bad yogi. Um, so, yeah, so whatever way you can make light of it, which is not easy, um, uh, so some tips around that. So one is exaggerating it. You know, yeah, I really am the most terrible person in the world. Thank you for telling me that. I really needed to hear that. My meditation's crap too. I'm really the worst meditator too. Uh, Agreeing with it. Right. So, so often we spend a lot of time, this goes back a little to your point about whether it's true or not. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes we messed up. Sometimes we hurt people. Sometimes we let people down. And of course our critic can be relentless in reminding us of that. And sometimes, you know, how these, sometimes energy gets maintained by opposition, right? So sometimes the critic gets maintained in a certain way by we're busily defending ourselves. No, 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 but I, but I really am, you know, nice and I do try and, 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 and so, but if you just simply agree, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, 
I make mistakes. Yep, shit happens. Yep, I'm human. Go figure. Yep, I forgot my car keys again. Mr. Mindfulness wins the day. Sorry, what I call my critic when I, when, I, when I forget things around my house. Mr. Mindfulness wins the day. Yep, I'm going to teach at Spirit Rock and I can't find my keys. Fabulous. <laughs> That's not an uncommon occurrence. Where's my wallet? Oh no, okay, here we go. Um, you know, I have, I have a Prius, right, where you don't need the key to put it in the car. So I'm often somewhere in another building and like, where's my keys? Oh, it's in my car, sitting on the driver's seat, you know. Um, so, yeah, so any kind of lightness, any kind of playfulness, humor, um, you know, or, or another, another statement I use um, when I... Uh, you know, there's certain things that we do that just trigger the critic, right? When we forget things, when we get lost, when we let someone down, when we say the wrong thing. You know, there's just certain things that, you know, we didn't return the email in time, we, you know, didn't file our taxes in time, whatever, you know, stuff happens. And we know that the critic is going to be right there with, you know, you messed up, you should have, I told you, you should have sent it last night, I know, you know, I know. I know I told you to go to bed, but you should have sent that email, you know. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> my keys are in your car. My keys are in my car. Mr. Mindfulness wins again. Uh, what was I talking about? Agreeing. Strategies. Lightness. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> You know, and finding the sense of humor. You know, we're human. Right? We just make mistakes. You know, it's, it's, well, I'm, I'm always really intrigued when I'm around people who don't have a strong critic or have, you know, they're very, very few in my, in my experience, but they are out there. People who just, for some reason, got off lightly this time around. <laughs> and, um, you know, like I'm working with this guy right now. He's a CEO of a company and... Um, He's a meditator, and he's in a very high-stress job. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff happens. You know, so there's all kinds of problems and fires to put out. And, and he's just like, oh, yeah, well, I guess I could have done that, but I didn't. I'll just do this instead. Well, and it's just, there's a kind of a, there's a fluidity in the responsiveness that happens when the mind is unhampered by the critic. Because it's, it's, it's free of second-guessing. It's, it's free of, oh, I should have done that. Mm, God, I wish I hadn't done that. And... Um, I noticed for myself that um, decisions can be harder because I'm, re- I'm, I'm trying to make the right decision because if I make the wrong decision, guess who's going to be unhappy? Right? So sometimes we're making decisions or we're, we're acting in a way that will to avoid the wrath of the critic. Notice that? Right? So... Generally, if you have a stronger critic, then you probably have stronger, more regret. Because your critic is on your case about all the things you didn't do, all the stocks you didn't buy, all the relationships you didn't have, and blah, 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 blah. Right? So it makes the next choice harder because there's a fear of the wrath, just like it would be if you were going to be experience the wrath of someone else. So another... Um, 
strategy is to question the critic. Is that true? How can I know that that's true? How can you know that's true? Because often it's not. Sometimes it is. Often it's not. Or who do you think you are to cast that light on my character? Um, ah, here's what I was going to get to. Right. Um, so disinterest. So I was talking about these, these, these familiar things that we do that incur the wrath of the critic, right? We forget things, we lose things, we say the wrong thing, right? And I know, like, if I get lost or lose my keys, the critic will be there. At some point, you know, I don't return. I'm dead late for a project deadline. I know my critic will have something to say about it, um, particularly if I'm lost and driving in my car somewhere. I, you know, I hit the traffic and I knew I should have gone the other way. And... So when it comes, because I sort of mostly know when it's going to come, because it's just pretty, you know, it's not very sophisticated. <laughs> it's a knee-jerk reaction to when things don't go well. And I just say, oh, please. Oh, please. Really? Like, is that the best you've got to say? Like, so, there's, so the, the attitude is one of disinterest. Like, it's there. It's not going away. It has a, it, it a knee-jerk reaction to things. And just, oh, Really? That's so boring. This is from composer Jean Sibelius, who says, Pay no attention to what the critics say. A statue has never been erected. A statue has never been erected in honor of a critic. So so I think that so that that, that attitude of disinterest is sort of like the really the the orientation and the outcome of these strategies is you're just not bothered. You don't care whether it's ranting on or not. It's like, it's just a yapping dog. Unless you really don't like yapping dogs. And then. So there are some strategies. Um, so how this next practice works is you are going to practice working with your own judging thoughts, role-played by your be new best friend, the, the other person in the dyad in this exercise. So how this works is uh, one person, so you're going to have your lovely, charming list of your favorite things you can't wait to share on Facebook about yourself. And partner A, is going to offer partner B, he's going to ask partner B to, for this moment in time, to be, to role play your judge. Okay. Partner B, so, so partner A gives, um, gives a benign judgment, like, oh, you're, you're so disorganized. So Michelle, you can start passing those. Actually, no, wait, wait, wait till I give the instructions. You got the, you got the announcement? Um, so partner B is role plays the judge out of compassion, not out of cruelty. Okay. Um, and partner A practices using these strategies, and there's a, there's a, I mean, we're going to pass out a handout in a minute with all these different strategies you can use. Um, and until. Partner A feels like it doesn't stick. 
in the same way that it did. Right? So, um, who would like to, do you want to role play being my critic? Okay, I'd love to. <laughs> You'd love to. <laughs> Don't say it with such gusto. <laughs> Okay, so so my, my so my judgment, which I just said, is you're so disorganized. So yeah, so you'll you'll be saying that to me. Okay. So and I'll be practicing defending the, whatever strategy comes to mind. And you use you, you, to be very spontaneous. And you repeat it like a broken record, like the critic is a broken record. And you can you can you know, like very little. very little, you know, as the critic would. Okay. I know, I am terribly disorganized. It's true. Isn't that terrible? You're really, really disorganized. Oh, please. I'm so not interested in this. You are completely Oh, shut up. <laughs> You're very, very disorganized. Yes. You're never going to get organized. Oh, shut up. You don't have anything organized or together. <laughs> That's just a crock of shit. Did you get the idea? Right? So, um, I have this one down for myself. So, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, I was partner A, and I looked at my list, and now my list said, I'm so disorganized. So I gave my judgment to partner B to role-play being my judge for me, right? So she's pretending to be my judge, and I'm practicing defending myself, right? Yeah. So, um, oh, I forgot, I forgot a couple other important strategies. Um, so... And you can add this to the list. One is um, speaking your truth. So, and one simple truth, if we're really tracking our experience, when our judgment hurls something quite nasty at us, is, ow, that really hurt. Ow, that was really painful. Right? So, and it's actually, it's, 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 it's another Tai Chi move, actually. Right? It's just like, it kind of like it diffuses, the, it diffuses the arguments. Like, ooh, just like if someone says something really, you know, undermining at us in a meeting or in, you know, where, it's ow. Um, what else do I want to say? Uh, and then, and then um, the other part of the, um, the, um, tai Chi move is just saying thank you. Thank you for your point of view. Thank you for your opinion because what the judgment is is a point of view and then there's opinion. Thank you for your point of view. Thanks for sharing. Have a nice day. As Jack says, go bother somebody else. So you can see all these, all these strategies have a kind of a wry, sarcastic, dismissal, dismissive humorous uh, tone to them, I think that's a very helpful tone. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Questions? Oh, papers are coming round. There's more papers needed over this this side of the room needs papers. If you can come over here at the front, thanks. And raise your hand if you don't have papers. 
So the lot in the front here. Uh, any questions about that practice? So of course, um, if you don't feel comfortable doing this, if it feels too, whatever, confronting, personal, just again, just do your own um, reflection because it doesn't really work as effectively on your own, but you can put them into, you can just go through your list and see what strategies you might use. Um, the best place to practice this when you're on your own is in the car. You can do it out loud. Your judge is on your case, blah, 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 blah. And you can like, oh, shut up. Oh, thank you. Very interesting. Go have a nice day. Stop. Who do you think you are? You know, whatever strategy you use. Question? to the judge, where to get to know the judge, uh, why the judge is there, uh, you know, to be the devil's advocate mm -hmm. and to um, be compassionate to mm -hmm. the judge. You can be compassionate to the judge. It's, it's, on, it's on my, my list. Second, second to last. Um, it's okay. way at the bottom of the list, but yes, it's on there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, you, you know, compassion always. I think that would be helpful to understand the process that... Right, right. What, you know, basically, whatever works, right? So, and each of us will have our inclination. Some of you may feel uncomfortable by being more fierce and saying, no, stop, shut up, I'm not interested. Some of you might feel that's a little aggressive. It's okay then use another strategy. For some people, that's my experience, that's what most people need in the beginning is to, get, as I say, get some space, some intra-psychic space so they can breathe, is to have the critic back off a little so they can actually experience what's going on. But, of course, but if, if compassion feels like a good response for you, if inquiring, what is this really about? What are you really trying to say to me? Oh, that I'm not as, I'm, I should be more conscientious. Okay, well, that's more, that, I, can, I can hear that. Thank you. Right? If that works, great. Right? But again, the, the, the risk with that is, the, 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 a lot of the premise of this is we're, not, we're just not giving the, 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 the judge the time of day because it's a, it's a kind of a broken record that doesn't have a lot of wisdom in it. That's a certain point of view that I'm taking here. Right? It's not the only point of view. Right? Um, so... You know, and when you're being fierce, again, it's, it's fierce not in building up the critic, but it's a fierce kind of dismissive. You know, it's like, yeah, stop. And I'm just, you know, I'm trying to like just, you know, pay attention to something else here, like back off. It's, it's kind of a, it has a dismissive quality. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is that avoiding it? Is that 
whatever works. <laughs> whatever works. Yeah, well, you know, these are just some strategies. Some I found helpful, some other people have found helpful. And, you know, we'll probably have a few more in the room that we can learn from each other. So, yes, question? Is right about the walk or the weight? <laughs> Both. Yeah. So there's that voice telling me to do something. Is that me trying to be good to myself and do be healthier? Or is that the critic picking on me? I, I, I couldn't tell the difference. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a fine line, right? It's a fine line. And that, that thought could come from the critic or from just an observation that you're overweight and, and walking's good. So let's walk, right? So what we're looking at is not feeding that voice and giving it ongoing authority to di- dictate how we should live our lives. You, you, know, you, you don't need your critic to know whether you have a weight issue or not. You don't need your critic to know whether you should walk or not. So that's what that, do you understand the distinction? Okay, so, um, so you know, sometimes it, it's, a, it's a fine line and, um, you know, if that was me in that situation, I'll say thank you for your opinion. And actually, yeah, I will take a walk. Mm-hmm. But not because I'm being told by that voice, because I'm actually discerning for myself, right? So I'm still working with that voice going, that's not helpful to talk to myself like that. Thank you for your opinion. Yeah, you know, I do need to get some exercise, and it's a beautiful day, so let's walk. And I'm not interested in what you have to say about it, whether you think I should or not. It's a bit like that. Does that help? Somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah, you know, it, it's not, it's, 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 it's a gray area, yeah. I would add in there, like, the, the tone, the way that it's said. Like, if you're saying, like, what is wrong with you? Why are you not walking? Like, you should be doing this. Like, that's kind of critical versus, like, if you were to be like, I care about myself, and because I care about myself, I should take a walk because it'd be good to move my body yeah. and to take care of myself and enjoy my surroundings. So if right. it's done with joy and engagement with your surroundings and nature, that's very different than kind of that harsh bad, bad, bad. Right, right. So we, yeah, we're looking for the tone. The tone is partly the giveaway. Yeah. The and the should. Yeah, should I go for a walk? Well, that's just a point of view. Maybe I like being the way I am, thank you very much. And I don't feel like walking. I feel like just sitting on this park bench. You know? Yes, last question, then we'll do it. Right, so that that's comes back to the question about that I talked about this morning that we have loyalty to our critic because we believe that we need our critic for conscience, for motivation, for action, right? There's many other parts of you around aspiration, around desire, around clear thinking, around purpose, around passion, around play, around contribution. Like there are many, many things that motivate us other than the critic. And they're much healthier things to look to, to, to drive us rather than a punitive shaming voice, right? And we just, we just, what I'm, I think probably the main thing I'm trying to emphasize today is, you know, the understanding of neuroplasticity, what we do strengthens who we are. What we focus on, what we pay attention to strengthens who we are, right? So we change ourselves through changing our habits. 
if we don't change the habit of listening to and, the, and living our lives under the beck and call of our critic, we will continue to do that. We will strengthen that pattern. And we don't want to be strengthening that habit because there are other more skillful ways to move, to act, to motivate, to decide, right? So that's the, that's the orientation. So um, find a partner. Um, so how this exercise will work is you'll get into pairs. And so one of you will be partner A. The p- person with the longest hair will be partner A. And, part- and, so, and so partner A will choose one of your judgments to give to partner B. Partner B will role play. Okay, I just need to hold up. One second, I'll just let me finish off the instructions and you'll be free to go. So the, the, what we're looking for is, for, for in, this, in this case, partner A, when partner B is giving them the judgments, we're looking for partner A to find some semblance of feeling some sense of, oh yeah, when I said like, no, stop, there was some sense where the judgment didn't land. I felt a little more authority. I felt a little more like capacity to not, not collapse under that judgment. We're just looking for some kind of sign that like, oh yeah, that, yeah I feel like I can, I can thwart that judgment, at least momentarily. And then you switch roles. So then partner B finds a judgment they have, gives it to partner A. Partner A becomes role plays temporarily the judge. It's not who they are. Role plays the judge for partner B. Okay? And when partner B feels, oh yeah, that's good, I, I can yeah, fend that one off. And then you, you, you take turns, right? So you're really supporting each other. It's a great gift you're giving to each other. It's a great practice. When I started doing this defending practice, it was a, it was a thing that most shifted my work with the critic. Because I found an internal... I found all these ways to, 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 to allow the critic not to land, like not to hook. So find a partner. And if you don't have a partner, raise your hand, look around. I'll keep asking 